Becker. Then the Quebecers, Razor's out there somehow. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, the Quebecers attack Razor. Marty makes the save, and it ends with Jacques Quebecer taking the Razor's edge. It was at this point that Bastion Booger demanded hot dogs. <laughs> Golly. I had a hot dog for dinner. Were they delivered it? in a wheelbarrow, too? Yeah. That seems excessive. It does seem <laughs> like you wouldn't need a wheelbarrow for a hot dog. No. That's a big hot dog. Yeah. So after the break, we're told Razor and Janetti have called. It's a big wiener. <laughs> yes, Brian. What it is. Yeah. It's a good dick joke. I wasn't making a dick joke. I was talking about a wiener. Yeah, a big one. Yes, a big wiener. Big, juicy wiener. Yes, in between two buns. <laughs> oh, you broke Vinny. <laughs> you know, if that WWE joke book, you just opened it up and said, big wiener between two buns. <laughs> oh... This show used to be good, right? No. <laughs> no. It actually used to be no. much worse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, it's Christmas. So, I thought I'd uh, do a Christmas tradition and break out the book and read Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, gather around, children, around the fireplace. Get maybe some hot cocoa, warm up, as we uh, read this Christmas, Christmas tradition. <clears throat> Tis the day before Christmas, and all through the snow, the Empire gathered for one more Jim Valley show. Carrie's in the kitchen, Sherman is playing... I'm watching SmackDown, wondering what the hell is Bray Wyatt saying? Then I go to the window to check on the weather. I hear this sound like two grapefruits slapping together. And what to my wondering eye should appear but Vinnie Mac strutting, saying, I'll be back again next year. I say, Vince, there is no way you could make such a case. He shouts, I'll pay off more women. I'll blame Johnny Ace. Vince, you must be drunk. Let me, let me call you a cab. Not a chance, pal. I'm 77. I've got more asses to grab. Allegedly. What can I do? I want Vince to be gone. I call Stephanie. I call Triple H. I call Nick Khan. But Vince, he is rich. He can do as he pleases. No one else is allowed food, sleep, or sneezes. I've got to come back. I got bad advice, don't you know? I can't believe Paul. Hired back Dakota Kai, Loomis, and Gargano. The product is better, I say. Triple H is legit. He is no joker. Vince screams, I want shorter matches. 50-50 booking. More backstage poker. Vince 
spun out in his car. He barely missed Court Bauer. Merry Christmas to all. And remember, money is power. So there you go. It's the night before Christmas. 48. Okay, I think that before we... Uh, Brian, yeah. try that Try that number, Okay, buddy. hold on, hold on. Getting a lot of heat over here. A lot of heat. I actually don't want to drink all this, but I'm going to do it. All right, Vinny, this is our one shot. Got it? Right. Last one, everybody. One, two, three. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Ew. <coughs> That's pretty good, actually. Fuck. You calling? Yeah, I'll try. Whoa, I just got... I think I had a seizure. Bushmills is my preferred Irish, but there's nothing wrong with a good Tullamore do. Yeah. Oh. Now you're Skyping this person, right? Tom, will you tell this motherfucker... Language. Oops, it says, something went wrong. Oh. How about you tell him to Skype me back? Move on. Move on. All right, I'll do another call. It's like when you're in the ring and the ref gives you the uh, the Iggy. Who do you think I should call? I'm so old, I remember what they called it, the office. My guest mm -hmm. is expecting your call right around now. Hey, you know what? Open a, open a present, then I'll do a call. Oh. I want yeah, that this is going so well, I'm sure I'll lose a finger. I want that shot to hit Vinny before we... Uh... Oh, this is probably from Mr. Williams, the uh, record. I, sh I should not have taken that shot. I'll wait on that one. Right. Uh-oh, an Amazon package, my arch nemesis. <laughs> That was a big mistake. Here, here to open. All right, there we go. <laughs> what is it? 25 words or less. The game where every word counts based on the hit TV game show. With, uh, what the hell is that woman's name? Meredith Vieira. Thank you. What? They yeah. put this game show together during the coronavirus, uh, okay. during the pandemic, and it is awful. <laughs> Are you sure that's from a fan? <clears throat> As I shall read, I have a card here, Craig. Okay. Happy holidays, fellow Meredith Vieira fans. I like Vinny V. Who? Meredith okay. Vieira, this woman here on the front of that box. What in the, the hell, hell was that, that noise that we just heard? Somebody slaughtering a calf in the background? Is that <laughs> your house, right? Tom? That's <laughs> laughing. God, <laughs> what the fuck was that? I just drooled. All right, I'll keep reading this card. Happy holidays, fellow Meredith Vieira fans. I like, I like Vinny V and Meredith V. It is the V era. I enjoy your shows very much and wish you all the best in the year ahead. From Adam P. Susan. Tom okay over there? It's the V era. The V era? I had no idea. Oh, the V era. Get it, Meredith Vieira? Oh, it's okay. It was funnier before I oh, yeah. figured it out. <laughs> I didn't figure it out. <laughs> Play your favorite Holy game shit. at Holy home. Holy shit. Hold on a second. I believe we have our special guest here on the line. Are you all right over there, Tom? Please welcome to the show. Excuse me. Is this the Swamp Man? Oh, wow. Swamp Man, are you there? He's from the Swamp. His connection's Jared, bad. Get the fucking Swamp Man on the air right now. Get his video, Jared. There he is. Ah! Holy fuck. 
Sean, are you looking at this? I can't see, no. God damn it. I have a Get it up oh, no. here. Oh, Where no. He's it? got words on a paper. Alvarez. Okay. Come here, Vinny. Nope. Take my head off. Versus Swamp Man. Where are we? Fuck you, Swamp Man! No chance! Oh, he's gonna kick your ass, dude. He's a fucking Swamp Man! There's this fucking Swamp Man here! 2023 AIW. 2023 AIW? Dude, you have children. You can't accept this. Tom! I can't wrestle as Swamp Man! Tom! Tom, can't you team with me? Yeah, there's a fucking tongue! There's fucking tongue in the camera! Does he just want to wrestle? He just made it! Dude, say no! God damn it! Swamp Man! He will devour you! Swamp Man! First off, where in the fuck are you? The swamp? Does he want to wrestle or does he want to. Ah, he left! He's gone! Yeah, he's gone. He threatened you and left. Tom, that fucker, that fucking swamp man challenged me to a fight! Oh my god. And? Hang on, <laughs> Sounds like he's in your your room, Tom. All right, listen, listen. I could give two shits about you, but I like Paisley. <laughs> swamp Man. I can't wrestle the Swamp Man. <laughs> you, you that fucking to. guy's gigantic. <laughs> Tom, what if you team with me to face the Swamp Man and Hill Jack? I I listen. I have it on good authority. That the Swamp Man took time out of a date. No. To come on this show. Wow. Who, who is he dating? A fucking toad? Swamp Woman. There's the, no such thing as Swamp Woman. Are you How kidding do you me? Know? The creature from the lagoon. Where do you think Swamp Man came from? A Swamp Woman. I have never <laughs> been challenged to a match on this show ever. No, yes, you have. Nor did I think it would be by the Swamp Man. Tom, what the fuck is happening in your house? <laughs> this is a normal night. Brian... <laughs> I will agree to team with you against Swamp Man and Hilljack, but I don't know that they could put aside their differences, my friend. Good! Hoo-wee! That's what I want. I don't I want don't them care. getting along. I will I will step in the ring with you against them. I will step in the ring against Swamp Man. I will step in the ring against Hilljack. I will corner you against either of those gentlemen. Oh, I'm not doing it alone. I will <laughs> no watch chance. you against you fucking crazy? the okay. Swamp Man one-on-one. Okay, listen. Serious question. I... I have not seen AIW. I, I, Tom, I, I'm too old for this shit. I understand Swamp Man. Somebody explain Hill Jack to me. What do you fucking think a Hill Jack is? A guy named Jack who lives in the hills? Yes, it's okay. self-explanatory, you fucking moron. Well, I apologize for asking such a goddamn stupid question. Vinny, listen, how often do I tweet you matches? Very infrequently, I think that's right? the only one. <laughs> I tweeted this match. Like, I don't know if you should have watched I don't even know what You know I what, tweeted, you're right, but I was Tom, like, this guy... Vinny needs to watch this match. You did tweet me that. I never did watch it. I apologize to both Hill, Jack, and Swamp Man. It was reviewed on this Listen. very show. If J- if Granny gave it a six, <laughs> did she? it's got to be good. She gave it a six? Hill. Wow. Uh, maybe. Jack. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's wow, I can't type I, at all. That's more than I've ever gotten from old Dave Meltzer. <laughs> you know, the issue. You didn't see me on the ballot this year, did you? So I tried to type, I tried to type Hill, Jack. It came out. L H O L L Jack, but Hole Jack it still played up. It still That's came completely out. Was he different. on wrestling? Link as Hill Jack versus Swamp Man. Well, what other fucking matches Hill Jack had? That was his fucking first match. But I didn't type in Hill Jack. I typed in Hole Jack. Can you imagine L Hole Jack? Can you imagine having your first match against the Swamp Man? No. <laughs> if it had been better than your first match with Stony Edwards, probably yeah. That yeah. was a load of shit. The Hill Jack, <laughs> that was like Hill Jack's like fifth match. 47. Jeff Jarrett to Wrestling Observer Radio. It's a busy week for AEW out here in the Bay Area. 
Uh, before Dave and I get to questions about the shows this week and what's going on in pro wrestling, I think everyone, Jeff, just kind of wants to know uh, how how you're doing. You know, obviously with the with the passing of your dad and just just with everything going on, just want to check in on you. How you doing? Very good. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I guess leading with that question. You know, uh, as life happens. Uh, my father was 80 years old when he passed. And so he said it out of his own mouth many times. He had a heart issue uh, over 20 years ago. And he'd say, son, I'm working on bar time to begin with. But still, kind of the finality of death uh, is still kind of, in a lot of ways, uh, not to be too dramatic, but somewhat shocking. Um, but, you know, um, it, it, it didn't take me long to kind of uh, take a step back and, and truly have a great attitude. Uh, he had had a, um, you know, about seven to 10 days of really hell on earth. Uh, the, you know, he had esophagus cancer and doing the, the chemo and radiation and that radiation made it where he couldn't really eat. So they had to put a feeding tube in and it was supposed to be temporary, obviously. But um, so he had a real tough three to four months coming up at the very minimum. And so, you know, uh, a heart attack and, you know, relatively no pain. So um, I think there's a real blessing in that. And then since, uh, you know, the days have passed and uh, I have said, you know, told my, told my brother, told Karen, uh, told my stepmom, Deborah, just so many times, man, I wish dad could hear that man. I wish dad could hear that because the outpouring of support and words and tributes and emails and texts and it's uh, it's been just really, really, um, not just supportive, but uh, I guess uplifting would be the right word. So I appreciate you asking, but, um, uh, it, it, you know, it's obviously no secret the day after he passed, um, you know, the day that he passed, my, my stepmom looked at me and said, what time's your flight? Uh, and so, um, it was, you know, in, in a lot of ways, uh, therapeutic and cathartic and, and all that went out to Laredo and, you know, Phoenix the following week. So, it's kind of been a whirlwind, but I certainly, uh, you know, continue to process things and think about him, um, uh, you know, all the time on different things, obviously, uh, him being in the business as well as me, you know, there, it just, it goes without saying, um, there's, there's a, a, a little or a lot of Jerry Jarrett, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, that's up to debate, but there's a lot of Jerry Jarrett in me. So, uh, working in this industry, he, he, you know, it's, uh, he's in me to, to say the least. You know, one thing, and this has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling, but, um, you know, when, when your father passed away, I'm getting back to your father again, you know, I talked to Mike Tanay, who's obviously, you know, very good friend of yours, and he was telling me the story that I'd never heard before about your father's dinner table. And, uh, I mean, how, how, you know, he basically said that it was like a 40-person a table or something like that, you know, and, and I mean, that's it's just kind of like... Um, did he always have that table or was that, is, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, he just was blown away. I guess he was just completely blown away by the house to begin with, you know, and he, he told me it was like right, right when TNA started, when he was invited over by your father and talked to your father, you know, when he first met your father and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, what, what, what memories kind of like, do, do go you, ahead. What, what's your question though? My question is, how yeah, long? Had, well, how long did he have that table? And what, what can you describe that <laughs> okay. table? Because he was just going on and on about this dinner table to me. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, go back in a little history. When 
you know, 77 is when he broke away from Gulas and, and, and started his own promotion. And then, you know, they became more and more successful. And uh, he lived over uh, on the lake that I actually live in and now, but he wanted to build like any young entrepreneur that starts making money, wanted to bring it, build his dream house. And so he had drawn up, sketched up these plans going back to his high school days on what his house wanted to look at, but he loved to entertain and have parties and all, you know, he's had political parties. He's had, I mean, you name it, the symphony at his house. Cornette uh, used to reference that because Cornette came down as a young kid and uh, my dad saw him in a tuxedo at this event. And that's kind of what started the whole Jerry, Jerry, Jim Cornette. Hey, um, you know, Jimmy had been around, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm digressing here, but no, so uh, as a part of the house, um, that had, you know, he the design was that he had a big ballroom in it. And, you know, I, I've seen wrestling promos go down in there. Uh, I've seen big parties go down in there. But when he got into collecting <laughs> antiques, and look, he was, uh, for, for all intents and purposes, he wasn't using, you know, because the wrestling, his house was always the wrestling office. You know, those days are gone and. You know, Jimmy Crockett used to say his wrestling office was in his front pocket. You know, obviously things move and change, but he always had his wrestling office out of the house. Well, when that kind of went away, um, anyway, the big ballroom, he started with one sort of a, a normal size table and the rest of the room. But anyway, he ended up buying this, I, I believe it's from France or something, Dave, but it was a massive, massive, I believe it really was. I think 38 or 40 seats at the table. And, you know, it just, it was, it, it, I guess you could say uh, you got a wild hair and, and just kept, but that was in the ballroom and he had his dinner table and formal dinners. And, you know, you put 10 people at a 40 t- person table. It looks, has, it looks more than empty, but he, um, that's what he did. And yes, uh, I, it's funny that Mike, uh, out of all the things he remembers the dinner table, but. That was kind of part of my dad's DNA. He loved to entertain. 45. Well, it's Friday here on the show, and, well, you don't know what that means. Because uh, you never know what's going on in this business. Because today, Vince is back. Yes, Vince McMahon has returned the WWE Board of Directors. Now, exactly what all of this means, the story is not over now. There's there's a lot of things going on. But right now, he is back. And we're going to go over all of it after the break. But essentially, Vince claims that he must be there to facilitate a sale of WWE. He must be back. Now, WWE did send out a letter to the talent, which I have right here, and uh, and this is what the letter says. Today, WWE formally announced that our founder, Vince McMahon, has rejoined the company's board of directors. The management team will remain in place with Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as the co-CEOs and Paul Levesque as the chief creative officer. And we are at a unique moment, blah, 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 blah. So what they're saying right now is that Vince is back to facilitate a sale, but that's it. Does anybody here believe any of this? 
Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Going to try and get Dave on today, but he couldn't do it. He's actually doing another show right now. But if you are not a subscriber to WrestlingObserver.com, this might not be the worst day. I think he and Garrett will be up later tonight with a subscriber-only show. He'll be up with me this weekend with a subscriber-only show. And we'll have a lot of stuff. The new Observer has a lot on this story, although way more came out today. Yesterday's Observer was all about what he had threatened, and then when we woke up today, it all had come to pass. So, I guess, where to begin with this story? Well, I suppose we could start with uh, we could start with this from the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. Friday SEC filing confirmed that former WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon is officially back on the company's board of directors. With three existing seat holders ousted and two others resigning. Those ousted were very much behind pushing for the investigation of Vince McMahon. This follows Thursday's news by the Wall Street Journal that McMahon was plotting his return to WWE in order to pursue a sale and be involved in the company's upcoming media rights deals. He resigned as both chairman and CEO in July 2022. By the way, for those of you angry at uh, Tony Khan's tweet today about how everyone is being nice to him at work last 24 hours, let's read what happened here. McMahon resigned as both chairman and CEO in July in the wake of a board investigation into multiple hush fund payouts to women who uh, he had allegedly, well, a lot of different things, sexual misconduct. News broke in December. He was looking to make his return to the company amid the feeling he got bad advice. It was bad advice after those, uh, after that scandal and the accusations and the hush money, the company hush money. He was given bad advice to step away. He decided now would be the time to return. 10 a.m. Friday, WWE issued a press release in which they said they welcomed McMahon's return and are looking forward to exploring all strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. As Vince McMahon stated yesterday, WWE has an exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. Now, Vince had had, uh, requested to return to the board a little while back, and uh, and they essentially told him no. And so uh, this was plan B. So uh, his return includes a reinstatement. Think about this, by the way. I think I should just give up the prediction show. His return includes a reinstatement of former WWE executives George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. As I noted before the break, they did send out a letter to talent. There's an all-employee uh, meeting that's going to kick off in, in 12 minutes now. It does not involve the wrestlers, the talent, anybody. It's only the company employees, okay? I want to make that clear. But in the in the message that they sent out to talent... It specifically said, Vince has rejoined the board of directors. The management team will remain in place. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-CEOs, which that tells you that what they're claiming is Vince is not coming back to regain his role as CEO. 
And it notes that Paul Levesque is still the chief creative officer. So what they're claiming is that Vince is not coming back to head creative. They're claiming, and Vince is claiming, that he is only coming back because they are gearing up to do negotiations for a new television deal. And Vince believes that this is the prime opportunity to sell this company. It can only be done with him, which in fact, legally it can, because he can block a sale. And so therefore he must, he must return to facilitate the sale. This is why the stock has skyrocketed, okay? Now, it does not appear that a sale is imminent. I honestly don't know if he actually wants to sell. He says he does. They say that's why he's coming back. But I don't trust this guy. I don't know about the rest of you. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But does anybody on this planet actually believe that literally he has no desire to come back and run creative and have his hands in everything The reason that he's coming back is, I'm sure, he wants full control over everything again. And obviously, if there is a sale, he wants to capitalize on this sale. And he wants to make it clear, or he wants to make sure that if there is a sale, he will somehow guarantee his position in this company when it is sold. Now, you know, we learned from uh, Ted Turner that nothing like that's ever a guarantee, okay? But I think that's what he wants. And, uh, and I think he also knows that if this company is sold and he is ousted, well, once it's sold, there's no way he's getting back in. So there's a lot going on. But right now, the claim is he's just there to help facilitate this sale, which the stock market, you know, investors are like, they're fine with that. Uh, but we shall see what happens in terms of putting that little hand in all of the other pots. This person says, Vince says he's just coming back to manage and won't be involved in creative or talent. And this man has a long history of being completely honest and consistent. There's nothing to worry about. Got a lot of those today. (laughs) Seems people find this man to be untrustworthy. You think? Maybe we should do a poll. Is this man trustworthy? Is Vince McMahon trustworthy or not, everybody? That's going to be the poll I'm going to put up on Twitter. Actually, I'm not going to put it on Twitter. Don't. don't. That would be ridiculous. No. This person wants me to... uh... No, I can't can't read my tweet on air. It was two words, and one was a dreaded (laughs) F-bomb. He wants you to fornicate with yourself in a way that is anatomically impossible? Well, you know, at the end of the day... And actually, believe it or not, this is this is that exact situation. We we have to wait for this to play out, okay? The idea that he's back is just absolutely positively mind-blowing. But realistically, if he actually is back only for the reasons that he claims, it's not the end of the world. But I don't believe that. Nor do I think anyone else believes that. Nor do I believe that's actually his intention. You remember when old Vince... Left? I do. Remember the number one question everybody had when he left? Oh, there were several. Which one are you referring to? What is this bloke going to do? Oh, yeah. That was the number one question. Um, Yeah, kind of. Is he going to take a painting? (laughs) Is he going to go to the senior center and play bingo? What's this guy going to do? 
So what are they playing now? What's that sport they're all doing? The pickleball? Just imagine him out there in Vero Beach or where is he at there and uh Hey, you want you know something about old people? What's that? Well, a couple of weeks ago. Just to lighten the mood a little bit. A couple of weeks ago at my gym, they've got some uh they got some classes. And they've got like, you know, uh cardio kickboxing and these other ones and one morning I decided, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this cardio kickboxing class. That sounds like a lot of fun. So uh to digress even further, do you know that when I was in kindergarten, they had a couple of after school activities that you could do as a kindergartner? And I will never forget that uh I liked the Muppet Show. Man, we're really going on all sorts of circuitous paths here. I liked the Muppet Show and uh, and I wanted a Kermit the Frog doll. And and there was no Amazon, and we couldn't find one. And so uh, my my father, which if you know my father, this is an even more astounding story. He and I sewed a uh, a Kermit doll. Okay, and so around that time, I got into kindergarten, and there were after school programs, and one of them was sewing class. And I thought I should take sewing class. I want to learn how to sew so I can make more Muppets. Okay. So I uh, signed up for it, and, uh, and I remember I was a little tiny little bloke, and I went to uh, the class I was supposed to go to. I went to the room after school, and I opened the door, and there's 30 girls and not one boy. And, uh, and I freaked out, started crying, went running, missed the bus. I'll never forget it. One of my earliest memories. I should have just gone in. But anyway, so I decided I was going to go take this cardio kickboxing class. And it was it was largely similar to uh, to what happened when I went in the sewing class. It was all women. There's not one man there. <laughs> Can you without crying? Now uh, you know that could have been like a really cool thing. And but not only was it all women, but there was no one under the age of seventy in this class. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, the younger people go at night because I guess most people have a normal job during the day. But you know what? I was like, I'm going to do this class with these old ladies. You know, so I went in there and, uh, bro, these old ladies kicked my ass. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sweating. My heart's pounding. And I look over, they ain't even breathing hard. They're just killing it. So anyway, I can only imagine Vince trying the same thing I did. He, he might have actually died if he tried to keep up with these old ladies. But anyway... What's the guy going to do was the question. Now, there's a point I brought <laughs> all this the up. There is a point I brought all this up, okay? <laughs> Go ahead, yes. All right. So Vince McMahon was ousted, and he had no hobbies. He'd never done anything else in 70 years. He has nothing to do, but he has more money than he could possibly spend for the remainder of his days unless he wanted to negotiate to buy the moon for example like to live a somewhat normal life or even a rich person's life he had more money than he could possibly spend in a lifetime okay especially at 77 or whatever he is so you're telling me i'm not that after having literally nothing to do in his life but more money than he could ever spend. He decided, what I would like to do 
is go back solely to facilitate a sale so that in the end, I will have even more money than I could ever possibly spend and I will go back to Gold's Gym and do the cardio kickboxing class with the other old ladies. That's what you're telling me? No. The guy's bored out of his skull. He's completely bored out of his skull. And he wants to get back doing everything that he was doing before. Right? I guess. 44. Ah, uh, Tony Schiavone sits down with the acclaimed. <laughs> this is so, <laughs> this is so hokey in a good way. First of all, every other wrestling angle you'll see in 2023, two guys will have a fight. A tag team will break up on a Wednesday. Seven days will pass, and they'll say, "What's up with you and your partner?" And the guy will say, oh, "I don't know. I haven't talked to him." So, like two weeks ago, Billy Gunn out of nowhere retired. And it turns out, in the interim, the acclaimed actually have been on the phone with him. Hmm. They talked to each other when they're not at work. That's wonderful. Crazy. That's great. So uh, they tried to give him his boots back. He wouldn't take them. He's set in his decision. It's his fault, he claims, that they lost the tag team titles. And then Malachi Black... Well, it was. I mean, come on. He made a comeback and he got pinned. It was all his fault. That's not why they lost the tag team titles. That's why, they lost, yeah. that's why Malachi Black pinned them twice, which is true. And Billy feels like he no longer has it in the big matches. So they feel like they failed him. They promised again to the top of the trio's division. They didn't get it done. And they hope Billy knows how much he means to them. And then Anthony Bowens starts talking about Mr. Ass. <laughs> He's in tears. He is weeping. He is in tears talking about... Mr. Ass. Billy was the only person who believed in them. <laughs> We're still going to carry Billy's boots to the ring. Yes. He'll still be in our corner. I I need to remind you, Anthony Bowens is crying. Tears oh, yeah. are pouring down his face, talking about boots. One more time, he says, from your couch at home, scissor me, daddy ass. This was This was bordering on an NXT segment. But as a lot of you are well aware, I love NXT. And so I love this segment. This guy crying tears. I wish they would have said something like, we called him on the ass phone. Remember how Gorilla Monsoon had the banana phone? Yeah. I just imagine a phone, an ass phone that they used to call Billy I'm going to regret this Google search. To discuss. Yeah, there's got to be one. Like, there's got to be one on Amazon. A phone shaped like an ass. That's a phone talking uh, to it's yeah. a phone with a picture of an ass. But yes, sure. It's out there. Yeah, the hotline. The ass line. Did you find one? <laughs> found something. <laughs> I don't Do I need to look I, this up or what? I don't even know if I should read this. <laughs> no, you should. I, a, you a, absolutely a, should. A headline. It's Lord's Day. Headline <laughs> for an article on Vice from April of 2016. <clears throat> The secret world of tiny phones that go inside your butt. Oh, really? Well, that's that's not quite what I was expecting. Nor, wait a second, there's an article on this? <laughs> Apparently. Can you, can you send me this article? Why? Okay, all right, hold on a second. 
<laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a minute. Now, if you Hello? told me, Hello? Craig, please, <laughs> if you told me that I could go on Amazon and buy a telephone that was shaped like a butt, okay, I would ask why, but, you know, it'd just be like, well, why? But when you tell me that there is a small phone that you put inside your butt, now I really have to ask, why? Outside of like... Extended, why would you do this? If you're facing an extended prison stay, then it would make sense. Are you smuggling it onto a plane? Yes. There's no phones allowed in this country. Oh, well. Uh, we will solve that problem. What a way we will, to play. We will buy a very small phone what a play, to put in our buttocks. Play a prank on your partner when it's sexy time. Have somebody call you. God damn, oh, this is a real God. article here. FYI, oh, it says, God. this story is over five years old. How about that? Available from Amazon and popular in prison, these phones carry reviews like, quote, no anal problems, didn't hurt my bum at all, thanks, guys, smiley face emoji. Oh, God. Well, I guess that answers that question now, doesn't it? In hindsight, that brings a whole that. new brings a whole new angle to that uh, storyline so, there with the uh, claimed and Mr. Ass. So when Billy Gunn's old partner, the Road Dog, said, your ass better call somebody, ah, he was Well, now you know. Now you know. How about that? All this time, new edition, Mr. Telephone Man. There was something wrong with his line. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why Blondie wanted you to call her so bad. That's right. What were we talking about? I don't know. Wrestling Dynamite? or something. Okay. Collision? Collision. House of Black versus Darius Martin in action <laughs> and Teddy and Lee Johnson. That's where you keep the phone. <laughs> Sorry. 43. I do sound like a drive-time DJ today, but you know what? Tough luck. It's a radio show. Deal with it. If you don't like it... Actually, I was going to say... Uh, eh, never mind. Whatever I got, everybody, don't get it. it sucks. Everybody around here is sicker than a dog. But... I am here, and I'll be right back with more Wrestling Observer Live. Semper Vivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. That was the airplanes there. My B.O.B. Bob. Brian Alvarez here. Mike Semper Vivi. The mightier 1090 AM. Sports Byline USA. It's 12-12, everybody. Are you ready for a fun day? I'm finished. You know what? You just completely screwed it up. You know, you, you sounded cares. like going into the break that you were going to change your ways and maybe you're going to keep your voice at a, a low Who pitch. Who said that? And start, and start introducing the quiet storm coming up late night. Get so out of here. Got, got a little this bit ain't smooth jazz. You kidding me? It's a rock station. Uh, all right. Play well, something hard. <laughs> Tom, play some, play some hard rock. Smoke some Marlboro Reds and let's We're do some We're here on the mightier 1090 AM Sports Byline USA. Brian Alvarez, Mike Sebervivi here. It's 12-12. And coming up next, we are the Mounties. Oh. There we AC go. ACDC coming up next. That's right. Back in black. Eric Bischoff coming up at the top of the hour. <laughs> As if. Screw that guy. Oh, my. What are we doing? 
I don't know. Should we talk about Mercedes? Yeah, she wasn't there. Moving on. Oh, you don't want to stick on this subject? 42. Once again, the big boss man, Brian Alvarez, not joining us, so I assume he is going to be coming in after this segment right here, but a man who needs no help coming in. Ladies and gentlemen, filthy Tom Lawler. Here I am. At there your you disposal, is. Mike. Before Brian gets here, yes. I think we should talk about the big news, or at least speculate on the big news, since we have no details. What kind of mustache did Vince McMahon have? What do you think, Mike? Was it like a handlebar, perhaps mm. uh, the walrus style? Maybe, maybe the Hulk Hogan horseshoe. Hmm. A Salvador Dali. Where it's there's a lot down of down a little bit. There's a lot of different style. Hmm. Maybe a maybe a little flavor saver. As well, <laughs> you know, if uh, if the story of Vince McMahon could not get any more uh, snaky or unsavory or slimy to you, the thought of Vince McMahon sporting a porn stash should really just ice your cake. And yeah, I mean, like that kind of became the news last night before Raw. There were all of these reports coming in that the executive chairman would be making an appearance backstage for the first time since he actually left but WWE last how July. Could, how could he do this? This is a publicly traded company. Well, goddamn! <laughs> you had questions about my mustache, you just had to ask! My God, Vince, is that you? Hell yeah, it's me! What are you doing to my chair, kid? You know, Vince, I got to be honest. You know, you always talk about your 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 DNA when it comes to your grapefruits and such. I got to be honest. I thought you would may, even though you're a little bit older now, you may have more. Who's the other guy? I don't know. Testosterone in you to to have more than a pencil thin mustache. <coughs> I don't know. Tom, what do you what do you think about Vince's mustache? What are you doing to my chair, kid? It's like Vince meeting Brock Lesnar's new persona. Like the Colonel. I remember. I remember one time backstage at a show. That guy, Josh Woods? I was teaming with Brian Alvarez one time. And John Moxley was back there, and he looks at Brian Alvarez, and he goes, you look like a little kid in a Halloween costume to Brian. Always hated that guy. And I... Dean Ambrose... I feel like I'm having some deja vu here. All over again. Have some deja vu, all right, when I fire you. Yeah, yeah no, listen, I'm here, everybody, for a moment. You are. Because I know the only thing that anybody cares about is this stupid mustache story. You want me to tell you the story? Yeah, I want a mustache First off, question. If you're wondering whatever. what everything looked like, this is it, okay? Wait, no, there's no, no. way. There's no, no way it looked like that. Listen, okay? I uh, I got home yesterday, and I was only home for a couple of minutes. And you guys know, every time I go on a trip, something nutty happens. So I get home, and I, I get a text, and the text is, he's back, LOL. And it's like, this could only be one person. And so I said, you're talking about Vince? And uh, at first, this, this is how the story evolved, okay? At first, I was told, yeah, he was he was snuck into the building, okay? That's what I was originally told. So I was like, I got to find out what's going on here. So I started, I started messaging people 
like is is uh, is Vince there? And it was it was literally. I mean, you know, before anything else, I started getting messages. Dude, he's got a mustache. That was like the only thing everyone was telling me was he had a mustache. I was like, what? Because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, you know how Vince hates being called Junior? You know what else he hates? Facial hair. Okay? So then it was described, you ever seen You ever seen uh, uh, Gomez Adams from the Adams Family? That's what his mustache looked like. I was like, what? And so, you know, I started asking, like, and, uh, and so... Then later, you know, I I uh, I needed to know more. I'm like, all people want to hear about is this mustache. You know, what did it look like? And then I was told it was a jet black, like pencil mustache, and he also had jet black hair. <laughs> I was like, what? So then, then I got thinking. Then I got thinking. So I know some people are like, ah, you know, this is a nothing story. He was there. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. Dude, this was the first time this guy has been at Raw since he was ousted. Okay? The first time. So, you know, then I thought back to, you know, him being snuck in the first story I heard. And then I started thinking, like, you know, maybe this guy was just messing around. Like, you know, maybe maybe he drew on a mustache and he snuck in and he was just, like, working everybody. So then I had to get specifics, like, are you sure that this was a real mustache and he didn't just paint it on with some eyeliner or something? And then, you know, there were people that you know, were around him all night and they were like, no, it was real. It was a real mustache. And he dyed his hair jet black. So that's the story. So anyway, that's the uh, scoop on the mustache and the hair and what he did there and all that stuff. And you know what, everybody? I got a sale to facilitate, so I'm out of here. Mike, you and Tom, you're on your own the rest of the show. Boss man, you're fired! Shave that thing. My God. Wrestling Observer Live. It is March 7, 2022. Figure 4, online.com. 23! Uh, What the fuck happened to my head? Watch it. Dude, this day, this day. Well, if you don't know what happened here today, it all started on Monday when I heard that Vince McMahon returned (laughs) to Monday Night Raw. And not only did Vince McMahon return to Monday Night Raw, but the first thing that I heard was that he had a mustache. I was like, what? <laughs> he had a mustache. Because, in fact, uh, you know, Vince, Vince hates facial hair. So, you know, the fact that he had a mustache, I was, I was intrigued. So, you know, then I had to start asking more about this mustache. And, uh, and listen, you know, Dragor here is claiming the mustache photo. Listen, if there's a photo of Vince with a mustache, that may very well be a photo edit, okay? But... 100%, because I heard from multiple people, the dude had a mustache, okay? And it was described to me as uh, Gomez Adams of the Adams family was what his mustache looked like. And then I heard on top of that, he also had dyed his hair jet black. So he had jet black hair and a uh, pencil-thin mustache. Mm-hmm. 
So I was driving home from uh, the grocery store here today, getting ready for Observer Live, and it, I suddenly had this idea. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up like Vince. I'm gonna paint on a pencil thin mustache, and uh, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the show to tell the story about Vince's mustache. So then I got thinking, you know, mm-hmm. he also he also dyed his hair jet black, okay. So I thought, well, I don't actually want to dye my hair jet black. So uh, what I did was I went to Rite Aid. Oh, no. And uh, they had, uh, I don't know, the, I think it was by L'Oreal or something like just, that. Just for men? No, it was a, uh, it's, like a uh, it's like a cover. Oh, no. So like if, if you've got like a part in your hair and it's gray, you, sure. you, 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 you spray it's, it on. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a temporary cover-up, okay? I no. Saw infomercials <laughs> about that. Yes. So I, I looked at the thing and it said, lasts for one shampoo. That's what it said, okay? Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. What it's supposed to be for is if you have a part, you, you spray it down the part just right there, and then that's it, okay? Light, light use. Yes. This, is, this right. is apparently not to be used to color all of your hair black. Uh-huh. So I got home, and I just... I just started spraying. I sprayed the sides. I sprayed the top. It's like leaking down my face. So I had to keep washing my face. But I, I, I got my hair jet black. Okay? So then I, I did the show, and I enjoyed myself, pretending I was Vince McMahon. And uh, then, you know, I handed the show over to Mike and Tom, because I guess they want to talk about stardom or something. And I, I went to clean myself up. Now, I was a little bit concerned about the mustache because apparently the uh, mustache, uh, you know, the, the pencil, the pencil that I used is like it's it's no joke pencil. It's not like a permanent pen, but it's going to be there for a while. So I was a little bit worried about that one. But I wasn't worried about the hair. Did it say Sharpie on the side? So I, uh, you know, I washed the mustache. Everything was good. And then, you know, I jump in the shower to wash my hair mm-hmm. and I start running the water through my hair and like I can't even get my fingers through my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, huh. So I got it as wet as I could get it and then I, I just put a ton of shampoo in it and then I rinsed it and it nothing had changed. Uh-huh. And so I did it again and again and again and again. I washed my hair like seven, eight times Till it fell out? No. Seven, oh. eight times, and I, I couldn't get this stuff out of my hair. So I thought, okay, all right, I'm going to just get out of the shower. I'll give it some time. Then I'm going to go shower again. So I, I gave it some time. <laughs> and then, you know, Whitney was like, you know what you should do is you should try Dawn dish soap. Because, like, oh. you know, that'll get it out. And I was like, all sure. right, you know, I'm, I'm up for anything. It works so on the ducks. Then so. I went and I put Don. Yeah, because you know they wash off oil-covered ducks with this shit. Yeah. So yeah. I went in and I put Don dish soap in my hair. I'm I'm washing my hair. Then like nothing happened. So now I'm using like bar soap, washing my hair. Then I tried and finally was like, dude, I got to cut my hair off. This stuff is not coming out. And so, uh, <laughs> you guys remember the hair match? Were you there, Sean, for the hair match with Vinny? Uh, I believe I so. Yeah. Yeah, you ever tried to shave a guy's head when he has long hair? <laughs> mm. It didn't work out very well. No. 
So, you know, I, I tried to get like the number four or something like that. And it doesn't even start to go through my hair. It just goes, it starts yanking on my hair. So I had to use, uh, you know, one and a half inch. Then I had to use a number nine. Then I had to use number eight. Number seven. Number six. I had to go all the way down one at a time. Finally got down to uh, the number two. And there was pretty much no stuff in my hair at that point. So I didn't have to go totally bald. But uh, I could not help but uh, think back to when Vince had his hair, sh- his head shaved, that Bobby Lashley match or the Umaga match or whatever, mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Now he sat there in that chair and screamed and yelled and freaked out. And I thought, this fucker got the last laugh on me. I thought I was so <laughs> clever making fun of him and spoofing his mustache and dyeing my hair black and going in there looking like Vincent Price. And what happens in the end? I ended up having to shave my head because of this guy. Vince would have loved this story because you were miserable. Golly. Um, yeah, thank God he's not here. <laughs> the, the one time I'm miserable, he's elsewhere. So anyway, that's the story. You are a question wrapped up in a conundrum, sir. God damn it. Well, anyway. Could be worse. I mean, could have been like, remember when Raven tried to shave his head and he just got gashed all the hell? Oh. That was bad. At least that didn't happen to me. 41. Crush versus Raymond Roy. That's an NXT name. Raymond Roy, wasn't that uh, the the Viking Raiders? Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe. This was was Roy Ray, right? This is Raymond Rowe. This is Ray Roy. Ray Roy? Yeah, that's his name. Ray Roy. Ray Roy. Not to be confused with Rob Roy. Ray Roy. Ray Roy. Imagine having the yeah. last name Roy. Okay. And you I'm give you. birth. Yeah. What would you like to name this kid? Mrs. Roy? You know How what? about Ray? Okay. Are you sure about that? Maybe he's French Canadian. It's Ray Wah. Ray Roy. What about L? Ray Roy. Like, I got it. The judges. Yes. Yes. So uh, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a point where uh, Crush, who say what you will about Crush, he's a big, strong, scary dude. This ain't the one, Vinny. This ain't the one. Ray Roy is erect, okay? <laughs> Meaning he's standing up tall, all right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay? So Crush goes up behind him, all right? Okay. Where's this going? <laughs> funny. Does he, does funny. he reach around him? No, 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 no. You know what's funny is you guys are making jokes about reach arounds and him being erect, but what uh-huh. actually happened is like 50 times funnier exactly than is. these jokes you're making. So this fucking guy's standing up tall, and Crush walks up behind him, and he does a deal where you like hit a forearm to the low back. Sure. This fucking guy is like, he gets hit while erect in the low back, and so he has no idea what to do. Well, and so you know, they say that you know the eternal now. Huh? What the hell are you talking about? Right now, everybody is eternal. Okay, don't worry about tomorrow and yet doesn't exist. Right now is eternity. It was eternity for this man when he was hit in the low back because his brain began to think of many things. First, it thought, "I'm erect." Maybe he's lightheaded. Then he thought, I have been hit in the low back by Crush, okay? 
Then his brain thought, well, I should do something. <laughs> like, fucker hit me. And you know, I'm the jobber here. How did I get to this position, his brain thought? I don't know. But here I am. I'm in this ring erect. I got hit in the low back. I should do something. Well, should I, should I take a back bump? Well, that'd be fucking dumb. I got oh, hit in the right. low back while standing erect. Why would I take a fucking back bump? Well, I mean, should I take a front bump? Not while erect. You can hurt yourself. Well, that'd be stupid, yeah. You don't want to do that. No. Should I do a flip? That'd be preposterous. Should I twist? Nah. Fuck! What should I do? His brain thought. And so, I swear, on a stack of Bibles, this is what his body did. He fucking just went... And he headbutted the mat. He got hit in the low back while standing straight up. And his response was, I'm going to headbutt the mat with the top of my head. And it's the funniest thing. He stands straight up tall and he goes... And then you see him just go... And he grabs the top of his head like, that fucking hurt. I, I watched this a thousand times. What the fuck was he thinking? What was he thinking, dude? Well, when you started this rant, Brian, <laughs> dude. the first thing you said is, that's not it. And you're right, because that's not the thing I was going to mention. <laughs> that's a good, it's, it's underwhelming now, but I'll say it anyway. Crush, say what you will about the... the Don't even tell me you didn't notice what I mentioned. He was a very big, strong guy. And he took Raymond Roy, who was, in fact, erect, and he chopped him in the chest as hard as he could. And Raymond Roy took it like a statue... Like Stonehenge, he stood. And it took the biggest jumping back bump you ever saw. Yeah, Ray Roy was awful. I can't believe I'm going to have to go back and find this for you, Vinny. Awful, awful, That's awful. Uh, you don't remember when he headbutted the mat on the top of his head? I'll have to go back and interview The moral to the story, never smack your head when you're erect. I do have Peacock on here. I got to find it. I will load up the Peacock and uh, check out the erect man. <laughs> um, was this the match where uh, Savage was... Uh, doing his promo. The ad read, yeah. Yeah. Where he was talking about uh, the terror of the double feature Friday the 13th Part V and Part V2. Correct. And while he's saying this, A, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and McMahon starts uh, to go in on him. I've never heard of Friday the 13th Part V and V2. But he interrupts himself because Crush has got the pin. Ah, it was such a mess. Such a mess. <laughs> right and Savage is... Did you find it? <laughs> Literally, it's at the 22-minute mark, exa- mark exactly. It, <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> right in the middle. Where Am I going? wrong? Hang on a second. Okay. Okay, crushes. Down on the mat. He's on one knees. Barking like a dog. Folks are walking around. Uh, Ray Roy is down on the mat, clutching his lower back, indicating a weakness that Crush is going to exploit. Yes. And Crush stands up straight erect. <laughs> Was I wrong? What did he, why, why did he do that? Sean, come here. <laughs> Rewind. I fucking laughed and laughed and laughed at that. On the treadmill. <laughs> it's funnier every time you watch it. And then look at him grab his head afterwards yes. like, Ow! Yes. I fucking landed on my own head! Hang on. Oh, God. I went back too far. Yeah, it's, it's happening now. Crush is picking up the erect man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bobblehead motion. Yeah. Like, what do I do? I spike my own face into the mat. <laughs> uh, 
Raw Season 2, Episode 17, everybody. Whereabouts was it? Exactly 22 minutes in. 22 minutes in. Thank me later. Someone will have to make that a gift. One more time here, and then I'll... uh... (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Crush doesn't even miss a beat, by the way. No. Just all keep hitting your lower back. You're already down there. Bang your head against the mat more. Holy God. All right, Crush won. (laughs) Did you do the thing about Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. So I want to talk about here is Doink the Clown versus Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, that I, yeah, I totally forgot about until you mentioned his opponent. Yes. Yeah. I didn't give two Doink shits. Doink didn't do nothing. I didn't care one bit about Doink in this match. <laughs> By the end of this but match. <laughs> when I saw Iron Mike Sharp. I swear to God, I watched the first 15 seconds of this match like 30 times. Only the first 15. Well, it was, there was more greatness, but you that was the best part. You could this whole match for 100 years and you would still be laughing in a hundred years. So, by the end of this, I was convinced Iron Mike Sharp was the best wrestler who ever lived. Oh yeah. So, Doink gets in the ring to spray with water, and water out of the fat flower. And Brian, I know you're a big fan of people selling for water, either having a bucket of water thrown on them or falling in a pool or whatever. Also, you see it from Doink from the back, so all you see is a stream of water coming out from Doink and hitting Iron Mike Sharp. Might have been urinating. Yeah, and if you, trying to say. if you walk around the corner and that's what you see, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that happened. Maybe. It's what it looks like. Uh, it's a very gifted clown there, but very, regardless, all I know is... Very clown. Things are not where they should be. But the point is, Doink's stream... Hits Mike Sharp in the face, and it's it's like he's low key at first, like, rah, 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 rah. but he keeps going. He turns his back, and like the the, the intensity builds. He's 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 got his back to the camera. He's running around, he's stomping around like like Peter Boyle and Young Frankenstein. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and he turns around. Now he's enraged, right? Now he's enraged. But he, he there's a big clown and a small clown, and the big clown could give him trouble. So he gets after the small clown. So he starts to chase the small clown around the ring. Is and that what he was doing? I know it's hard to tell because when I say around the ring, if you didn't see this show, if you haven't watched it, I don't mean like they were outside on the floor going around the ring. He's chasing him in a very, very small circle in the middle of the ring. And Iron Mike Sharp, who's a big man, who's like six foot four, posting the three bills. And, and, and Dink, as I've noted, small clown. And Iron Mike Sharp has to pretend that he can't outrun this little guy in a small circle. So he's basically just marching in place. Blah, 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 blah. And, and and finally, finally, Doink uh, uh, puts uh, uh, puts the brakes on him. And so the match, the actual wrestling match starts. And Mike's huffing and puffing. And he, uh, he always does this. I don't know if he did this every match. I don't, never noticed it until now. But right before he locks up, he, he claps. Every time, clap, walk up. So he gets a takedown. He, he, he gets like an angle pick. He puts a single leg and trips Doink down. But Doink goes to his back and Doink just kicks him away. Doesn't even kick him down, just kicks him away. And Mike is outraged. And he turns and he kicks that rope. And he, he, they start to grapple and, and Mike claps and he locks up. And he gets the headlock. Ah, I got a headlock. Ah. And Doink, Doink. Pushes him in, and Iron Mike Sharp hits the ropes, and he grabs the ropes to stop running. But he grabs the rope with both hands, and the message to stop running never gets to his feet. 
So he grabs the ropes, and his feet keep running, go high in the air. Oh, but he stops himself. He never lets go of that rope. And he lands on his feet, and he points to his... Ah, <laughs> he turns around, the clown drop kicks him. So he gets the heat Iron Mike Sharp does, this clown. He's got him down on the mat, and there's a point in this match where nothing is happening. And I mentioned Iron Mike Sharp is big, but he's not a giant. He's in the six foot four range. He's smaller, much smaller than on, on this show alone, Mabel. He's smaller than Crush. He's shorter than Billy Gunn. But he, for like eight seconds in this, he envisions himself as the new giant Gonzalez. And he's just standing tall and holding his hands out wide and stopping around the ring. Ah, I'm tall. I'm giant Mike Sharp. And then uh, he takes one knee drop. There's a knee drop on the mat. He's deceased. He lays there, arms to the side. He laid flat on his back. And, you know, sometimes he'd be able to do the dead man position in wrestling where they're flat on their back, but their arms and legs are splayed out. Right. Like they're going to do, you know, put, you know, cement or, uh, you know, spray paint around them. This guy was fucking, his legs were completely straight and together, mm-hmm. and his arms were pinned to his side like he was going to be mummified. It's like he was a mummy, like an unwrapped mummy, and he laid like that, and he was dead, and he got pinned. I fucking laughed so hard watching this match. Everything he did was fucking funny. The way he walked, the way he ran, the way he locked up, the way he grabbed the ropes, the way he spoke celebrated paraded around i fucking laughed so hard and like that's all i could that's all i remember right now is iron mike sharp yeah. so earlier you're mentioning doink and i can't even remember we had a doink match right i'm like who the fuck did doink wrestle? i don't have any memory of this whatsoever because i have no memory of doink only iron mike sharp and uh this was uh season two episode eight if i recall correctly uh, episode nine nine episode nine yeah Guys, you got to go back and watch. I Iron demand, mm-hmm. demand that you go watch this, dude. I've been March watching March seventh, nineteen ninety four. Well, I shouldn't say I have been watching, but I watched a lot of Iron Mike Sharp because I grew up with this WWF, and he was a job guy all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I he was a guy that you you know you could have a hundred jobbers, but you don't forget Iron Mike Sharp. No, but I don't remember him like this. And now, now, like uh, Filthy had that. That doink compilation. I want someone to make me a compilation of Iron Mike Sharp matches because I need to know if this is an aberration or if every one of his matches was like this. Because if every one of his matches was like this, I need to watch all of them. That's all I'm watching the rest of the year. <laughs> yes. Is there a louder man in wrestling than Iron Mike Sharp? Probably not. Who cares about that? His move. So loud. The way he looks. His He looks. You know, you know, they used to call wrestlers stompers. He looks like a stomper. He's a freaking stomper. He is a one. stomper. Like, he's all hunched over. He's almost got a hunchback. His head's jutting out like this. He's so big, and he's angry, and he's hairy, and he's, you know, playing to the guys on Mars. Yeah, he's just insanely awesome. He reminded me of, uh, like, Curly from the Three Stooges when he got angry, like, pulling sure. up his pants and doing those shaking and waving his arms around. He reminded me of like a silent film bad guy. Yeah. Just super animated. But he wasn't silent. He, he no. was not. He was a loud film bad guy. <laughs> yeah. He would have been in the talkies. <laughs> so, yeah, that was raw. Mm-hmm. 
You know, he'd been one of those guys who was in silent films, and then he actually made more money when they could do sound. Yes. As opposed to the guys that were like famous in silent films, then once talkies came along, they just couldn't do anymore because nobody wanted to hear him talk. But anyway, yeah, it was awesome. You got to go back and watch Iron Mike Sharp. Really, the only thing of value on the whole thing. Only thing of value on the entire program. Yeah. Everything else was useless. Maybe mm-hmm. Cy Sperling's. Program, no! But, uh, mm. Yeah. Or Todd Pettengill saying he was in Deliverance. It's Todd Pettengill. That was so awful. He, he has Deliverance jokes, but he can't make the obvious ones because it was 1994. And you can't make those jokes on TV. And he also said, get it, when like no one did. No. Yeah, he was bad. <laughs> <laughs> So you know what I uh, saw today. Speaking of uh, hip attacks, okay. I don't know why, but uh, well, I know why. It was a long car ride. And okay. The, the, the kids are into this uh, kids bop dance music. Oh no! Yeah. Where is this going? So you know they're playing this kids bop and everything like that, and all of a sudden, I don't know what what it was it must have been a song that reminded me of something or something but i said you know what kids have i got a song for you oh, no. and uh should i should i play part of it that was a great time i don't want us to get in trouble here i'm not exactly sure how this works copyright wise uh-huh but uh, i suppose uh jared if there's a problem you can uh edit it but do you guys remember uh let's see if it plays you guys remember this song here Sensual, un movimiento oh, yeah. sensual, un movimiento muy sexy, sexy, un movimiento. And who's is it, Vinny? That would be super porkies. Oh yeah. All the way. Even though it says sexual, kids don't know what that means. That's a sensual. No. And then sexy. Is it sexual? Yeah. Oh, sexy. I guess so. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's been I played a while. It, I played it once, and then Paisley wanted me to play it over and over again. So for about 55 fucking miles, we're just blasting this all through the wilderness. And then, then it was like, you know what I got to do now? This ain't the same without the video. What? So then I had to Google some super porky and uh, fucking dying. I was dying watching these super porky spots. Everything involving his ass. You know, they, they do one where they throw the heel into the corner, and so the heel's sitting in the corner, and then Super Porky starts backing up, but then one of the heels comes in and they boot him in the gut, and so he hits the other guy, the other heel with his ass, yeah. and then the, the heel kicks him, and then he hits the other heel with his ass. But he's so big and he's so slow that it's delayed. You boot Porky, and he stands there, and then he goes, boom, hits him with the ass, and then he stands there again, and then the guy boots him, and he goes, Boom! It hits him with the ass. I was just fucking crying. And I'm trying to show the kids, and and then you know we we uh, this was on the way there, and then on the way back, Huddley goes, "Daddy, can I see the picture again?" And this is like two days later or whatever. So I don't even know what she's talking about. And I said, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "You know, super Porky and the ham." Forgot I showed her that picture. Oh yes. So that's her favorite picture. She wants to see super Porky with the ham, and man. Golly. So what we can take from this What was the is, point of all of this? I don't know. It was oh, it was Tony Storm. Yeah. I saw Tony Storm and I thought of Super Porky matches. Sure. That's what happened. I, yeah, I did they're, not. They're ass-centric, both of them. Okay. A lot of, a lot of buttock, buttock-based offense. 
Also, it is. It is all hip attacks. Yeah. I, I learned that uh, Brian lets Whitney drive to the wilderness. Well, it was her car. You know. I see. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, the other funny thing about it, you know, men, Craig, can allow women to drive. Maybe not in but, your household, but around here, there's no, no. equality. Porky was so great because, like, he, you, know what, you know what Porky was, everybody, if you never saw him? Fat. He was incredibly fat, okay? <laughs> and he was, like, he was so fat. Okay, you've seen the tsunami. You've seen the tsunami spot. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah with... Um, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Bronson <laughs> Reed is, is also a hefty fella. Sure. But, you know, he jumps off and he, he squashes a guy that looks fucking great, okay? But he just... It's like a splash just by a bigger guy. Porky was so fat, okay? How fat was he? Then he would land and he would roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. He was literally like if you dropped a ball on somebody and the ball bounced off and just kept rolling. That's what Porky would do. There's videos of this. I'm not making this up. He was the best. He was the greatest. Anyway. So, yeah, Tony Storm. Yeah, she's pretty good, too. Yeah, In a sure. different way than Super Abs- Porky. Absolutely different yeah. way, yes. For those wondering. Bet you juice drives. Man, I hope we get this uh, Twitch thing fixed quick. Really? feel really bad for all these blokes that are in the uh, YouTube chat. Yeah, they're the now what's happening? Over there. Yeah, what? What's on my screen now? What's happening? Oh, uh, my God, did a moth flutter? Is it back? Oh, no. What? Uh, it might be back, actually. Yeah, it's very exciting for the radio listeners. Who's running this thing? Elon Musk? Oh, no. I think I mentioned this the other day, but I'm going to mention it again here on this show. This stupid Twitter app. Yeah, it sucks. sucks, okay? Yeah. So this, this bloke bought Twitter, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was like, man, there's a disaster coming. And all these idiots were like, oh, it'll be fine. You think this smart guy bought it without a plan? And blah, 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 blah. And then what do you hear? Oh, well, he fired half of the people that work there. Then, you know, the Seattle offices, I think they've gone bankrupt or something like that. And they have no toilet paper. But I keep hearing the same thing. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, this guy's smart. It's like, what? Is he going to be in there programming it himself? No, you don't. Hey, listen, I don't have a billion dollars, but I got a lot of money, according to the Internet. And you know what a smart guy does? Well, he doesn't do it by himself. He hires other smart guys. You know what a smart guy doesn't do? He doesn't fire 75% of the smart guys after he buys a place. So this stupid Twitter app has been broken for weeks now. And the one that is irritating me beyond all measure is when I open it up, and that little thing, you know that little envelope in the bottom right? Yeah. Your your DMs? Yes. Well, this little number comes up. Two. Oh, I got two DMs. I pushed the thing. Nothing! And then at the top, it's a thing that says message requests. Five people. These are people that you don't follow that are now trying to message you. And then you go in there and you decide if you want to communicate with them or not. Well, you know, it says now there's eight. Well, I click on it and there's Nothing! Everything is broken. It's falling apart. And I had to listen to these people going, oh, don't worry. He's real smart. It'll be fine. You know, Twitter's something that's just going to always exist. You know, you don't need you don't need to have anyone running it or, or you know, fixing things. or It's just always going to run because we live with it every day. So obviously nothing's ever going to go wrong. 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 Jiminy Christmas. 
fix the Twitter app or shut the thing down. Or hire all those people that you fired so they can come back and make the thing work. You dummy. Got any other thing the other day was like, they changed something about the check mark. Okay? So now, now here's what my check mark says. The one you bought? No, the one that I, that I got for being whatever. Verified account, it says. Listen to this. All right. This is a legacy verified account. It may or may not be notable. <laughs> Dude, do you know how hard it was to get these stupid things back in the day? Now, now I actually got one the way they used to do it. And now it goes, you know, it may or may not be notable. But if I, I pay know. $8, I can go up there and change my name to Elon Musk, get a blue check mark, and start tweeting about how this app sucks. Plans change, Brian. Times change. You may not be notable anymore. They're not real Dude, sure about that. Dude, as God is my witness, I don't care if I have a blue check mark. It, there's nothing about it that makes a Twitter experience any better or worse for me. There's no feature that I use. I don't care, but I find it funny that as somebody who had to go through and tumble through all these hoops, now it's like, well, you can buy one for eight ninety nine. Yeah. But if you used to have one, we can't we can't promise it was actually notable or anything exceptional. God. I was hover right under ten thousand. I was like, yeah, I was at like nine nine seven five for a while, and then just for whatever reason, he bought it and the bottom fell out, and a bunch of people disappeared. And whatever happened there, fine. I wish so, a bunch of my followers would disappear. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever. And I don't get mind a the bots. I'm talking about the actual people. I wish they'd <laughs> stop following me and typing all this stupid stuff about ratings and star ratings and this and that. Go away! You need, you need to curate your timeline a whole lot. I don't better, even bother reading it. People Let's, asked me if I was going to buy a check mark, and it's like, no, wait a second. The only thing I needed was like a few hundred more followers more to get the check mark anyway, or to be whatever for it. And it's like, I don't care. I just or to monetize it. And it's like, I, I don't care. I don't care about the blue check mark. None of that matters. I would rather just know that all my followers are real people and not bots, even if I have you on mute. You know, they didn't even answer the biggest question that there always is about the draft, and that is, why are we having a draft and who's making these picks? Yeah. In the old days, it was like, oh, you know, Teddy Long is is uh, here and Vicky is there. Paul and Yeah, Bischoff. Paul and Bischoff or who... What in God's name is going on? Uh-oh. Who let is you it... in here? Does she have Oh, a guess who's here, everybody? Look who's Ooh. here. Everybody's favorite. Come over here. You can't even be seen. What? Oh, my God. Oh, look who's... Who said that on the chat? Who said the whale had it? Look at that, everybody. Oreo, come over here. Oh, Get my goodness. Here. Yep, stand right here. I changed my mind about this whale. Look mm -hmm. at that. Huh? <laughs> and proof. Did you, you have this the whole time? Oh, look at him. He's dancing and, and oh. jiving. Look at this. Should I open it on air? Yes. What do they call this? An unboxing? Yes. Oh, man. Ready? I've never done an unboxing before. Oh, oh. look at this. Do you remember your first subscriber? Your 100th or 1,000th? Chances are you do. Chances are you do, it says. Uh, we are thrilled to see the development of your community. Who's playing this? Is Dom? All right. You can leave that on, Dom. 
We are thrilled to see the development of your community. Proud to honor the impressive milestone of reaching 100,000 subscribers. Congratulations. We know you have many more stories to share with your community. Oh. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it says keep creating, keep... Ah, who cares about that? It's I a party. It. Are you guys ready? Huh? See it? Oh, man. Ooh. Look at that. Let me open this up. Look is at, it platinum? Look at this guy behind me stealing the show as always. <laughs> Oreo, I've changed my mind about you to a degree, but like, don't get too comfortable in here. Might wow. end up with a, a whale with a black eye on his shirt. Yeah, we don't want that, do we? There it is. Presented oh, to F4W that. Online for passing 100,000 subscribers. Uh-huh. Wow. Now, who was the 100,000 subscriber? Do you know? I don't know. But it's got a thing here. You can hang it. You know what I'm going to do? Wait. Put Oreo over there right now. Hold it up against the wall in that little spot behind you just to see how it's going to look. You can hold it for a second, Oreo, is but it... then you got to get out of here. I appreciate you bringing it in, but you hmm. know what I'm going to do? Mike, take the show. All right. I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm going to get a uh, something to put this thing on. You All see right? that, everybody? The good news didn't end today. It didn't end today! It didn't end no. today. We start with uh, you know what? News. You know what? I never thought I'd do this, but before I go, I want to give Oreo a hug. Oh, he proved his worth today, everybody. Maybe I will let you co-host again. Come here, you big fat whale. <laughs> Brian, right, right now, hugging right, Oreo. I'm get a uh, thing, so take the show. You got get it. Oreo. When he says a thing, I assume it's going room, to be a, a big bottle of champagne to, to celebrate 100,000 subscribers and the oh, plaque man. finally coming. So happy days here for Brian Alvarez. And, and, and yes, we, we lost him for right now, but don't worry. He might be back for the closing segment, and if not, he will definitely be back with Dave Meltzer tonight on Wrestling Observer Radio. For everybody that signed up to WrestlingObserver.com, he'll be back to talk about Raw and, of course, hitting 100,000 people on YouTube. So thank you to everybody hey! out there. Uh-oh. Hey! Uh what are you doing? Brian? Oreo? Brian. Yeah, I'm taking over the show. Oh, no. Dom, Oreo. hit that music, brother. Oh, hit man. that music. It's a little early, but there we go. Ah, the hell with it. You know what? It's Monday. It's dance party. Dom, you got my music playing? No, man. Yeah, no. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi, Brian Alvarez, who's uh, a little upset right now, and you can see because, you know, Oreo kind of busted in the room, and as you'll also see, Oreo's now also got the plaque, so, you know, hey, we started off on a good note, I thought we'd end all the way on a good note, but apparently not. If this makes you feel better, boss, Raw's tonight? 
so so Raw's tonight, and uh, Brian will be back with with Dave after the show and talk about everything that happens, any trades that get made, any deals that get done, any any draft picks that. Uh... Yes, sir. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you just ask nicely, I mean, maybe you'll get. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, hey, look, we'll be back with you tomorrow, hopefully with some more good news to start the show, because, you know, I thought this was a pretty great show. I thought it was fun. When can you have this much fun on a Monday on Wrestling Observer Live? I think we may have started something new here. I hate that whale! For producer Dom, for producer Jared, for the big boss man Brian Alvarez... And for that cute Oreo the Orca, my name is Mike Sempervivi. This is Wrestling Observer Live, and we shall talk to you again after a while. That is the the definition of a manic Monday. (laughs) Hot mess Monday. Love it. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good one. All right, Tom. Fine job, everybody. All right, boss. See you next time. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on this Monday, May 1st, 2023, where with the first selection in the figure four daily draft, I, Filthy Tom Waller, select as my co-host, the Oceanic Hispanic from the University of Wales, Brian Alvarez. Oh, you know, pick. he got picked number one. Oh, <sighs> oh, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, you know, I uh, last week asked you, how come no more, uh, no more whale intros? What's with the weird new intros? Kind of missed them. And uh, of all the days to bring back the fucking whale intro, the day that. This fat fucking motherfucking Oreo whale. You don't even know what happened, do you? No. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we hit 100,000 subscribers on Twitter. Or on, Congratulations. Uh, on YouTube. And, you uh, said we? Yeah, we. A, we all did. Because I'm that oh. kind of guy, Tom. It's not all about me. So we hit 100,000 on... So can I, can I start promoting this as I, I am a... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you helped. But, uh, you know, we get a plaque for that. and uh, I've got my own plaque developed it, over f- nearly 40 years. It was supposed of, to be delivered. Lack and it, of hygiene. And it wasn't. And uh, at about the uh, 49 minute of Observer Live today, someone fucking stormed into the room and it was that fucking whale Oreo. You know what he had with him? He had my plaque. And he presented me the plaque on air, and I was so happy. And I opened it up, and I showed it to the world, and I thought that, fuck, this whale has changed his ways. He's actually doing something nice for once, not trying to steal the fucking show. And I went to go get something to put the plaque on here in this room, and that fucker locked me out of the room and took over the show and did a dance party with Mike Sempervivi. And then he got his ass dragged out of here, and uh, 
Mike finished the show. I went down at eight, came back up here, and guess what's not here anymore? Besides that fucking whale, the plaque, it's gone. The whale stole my YouTube 100,000 subscriber silver plaque. The whale has absconded with the plaque. Yes, yes, he has. And then I have to listen to all these people that thought it was great, these fuckers. And, And now I open up this show, and all you do is talk about the whale. Cool. That's nice. So anyway, uh, I do have 100,000 subscribers on Twitter, but I don't got no plaque. You know what that means, Tom? That means you don't have a plaque. That means that uh, Brian Rose and... I didn't know I had a plaque to begin with. All the fucking listeners that helped in that, you guys don't have a plaque either because of this fucking thief, this whale thief. Stole the fucking plaque. So yeah, I don't know. uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but yeah. Thanks for that, that opening. Appreciate it. So you know what that means, actually, Tom, is in the in the last fucking uh, six weeks now, I have won tag team titles and had them taken away from me, and now I've I've been awarded a plaque for 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, also taken away from me. Everything, everything I have earned has been taken away from me in the last, last uh, six weeks now. Isn't that funny? Hmm. Wow. It's going to be next. Anything else you'd like to add? Not really. This sad story. Oh, yeah, my blue check mark. Should we add that? That got taken away as well. Who gives a uh, shit? Actually, I don't give the a shit. blue check mark. I don't give Jesus. a shit. Jesus. I saw... I still I, do have my health. I appreciate that. Well, back here on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Hello, Mike. Hi, Brian. Yes. Hi. Looks like I left at the right time yesterday. God. Hey, listen. I got to talk about CM Punk. Do I have to? Is he going to go on Instagram and say we're on day two now, since yesterday was day one? He's doing like a countdown or whatever. Let me just... As long as he leaves me out of it. Give you a timeline okay so yesterday on the show what did we talk about well we said that aw announced their television deal they announced collision there was a poster and cm punk was not on the poster and he was not in the press release and we also noted that he was on the graphic And he was in the press release, but the day before, it was requested that all of that be pulled. And you can believe me or you don't have to believe me, but there actually was a link to a press release that had not been fixed and his name was in it. So absolutely, I mean, I heard from people that saw the graphics and you, the listener, could click the link yourself and, and see the one press release where they forgot to take his name out. He was supposed to be the face of the announcement yesterday, and he wasn't, okay? So, we talked about this, and then you and I had a discussion, Mike, and I said, you know, there's two things that could be true here, okay? It might be 
that they decided that instead of having him be the face of the announcement, they are going to do a surprise announcement of him tonight on the show. Or there might have been an issue and he, you know, something happened and now he's no longer. And I don't want to, this is not about you, obviously, Mike. I'm not mad at you, but you said there's no way that's what's going on here. Okay. So, you know, I spent most of the show asking around, like, anyone know what's going on here? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And then Dave wrote something, which I read at the end of the show. And do you guys remember the last thing that I said on the show? You wouldn't remember because you weren't here, Mike. But do you guys remember the last thing I said on the show? I read the thing that Dave wrote. And I said, you know, from the sounds of it, it appears that they just pulled him from the thing today because they wanted it to be a surprise announcement tonight. And we're going to find out tonight, but my presumption is they're going to announce him tonight. That is literally the last thing that I said on the show. Now, when the show was over, I started getting some information. And it became clear that this was not, oh, well, let's pull him from the advertising you know, today and we'll do the big announcement tonight. There was an issue. And I tweeted, I don't even remember what I tweeted. It was it was vague because, and everyone goes, oh, why do you tweet something? Just tell, because I didn't know. What I knew was that there was an issue, but I didn't know all of the details around it. But I knew that there was an issue, and I wrote, there is definitely a story with this CM Punk deal. That's all that I said. Okay? Tell me one thing that I said yesterday that was a lie. One thing. Nothing. And you know what's funny is there were a lot of people yesterday, by the time Observer Live was over, that were saying a lot more than I did. I didn't mention A. Steele's name. I didn't mention one thing about A. Steele. Other people did. I didn't mention anything. And so about an hour or two later... Somebody sent me a screenshot. And when I looked at it, I laughed. Because I thought that they made it up. Then somebody else sent me a screenshot. A different person. And now now it was like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. And in fact, CM Punk... Cut a promo on me on Instagram. And I did not know why then. I don't even know why today. He also dug up an email from over a decade ago. And I I read the email. And I thought then, and I think now... What is the point of this? What does this have to do with anything? Now, it appears that he brought up that email because I was upset that somebody had a story wrong. And so I guess what he was trying to say is, oh, isn't it no fun when somebody gets a story wrong? Okay. I didn't get any story wrong. There wasn't one thing that I said on the show yesterday that was wrong. 
So I still don't know why this guy spent I don't know how long on Instagram, which to me, it was almost like high art when he spent all this time on Instagram and then finished with a video where he told everyone else to go outside and touch grass. So listen. Yeah, I don't know, Phil. You're right, Phil. I don't know you. But you know what? I do know a lot of people in AEW. I have heard from people in AEW. And I have heard from people in WBD. And they all said the same thing. There's an issue. And if you have a problem with that, I don't know why you're mad at me. Maybe you should talk to the people in your own company, or maybe you should talk to the people at WBD, which is where I got all the information. I didn't make it up. I didn't make one thing up. Why am I talking about CM Punk? Well, let me think about this. I do a wrestling radio show where my job is to cover wrestlers. You're a wrestler, and you were supposed to be the centerpiece of an announcement today, and you weren't. Gee, I wonder why I would be talking about this. Now, you know what's going on here? And I got sucked into it, and I didn't want to. This is the same thing that FTR was doing. And I shouldn't even say FTR. This is the same thing that Dax was doing. And that is try to create in the minds of the wrestling fans some imaginary beef that I have with Dax Harwood or now with CM Punk. I don't have any beef with CM Punk or Dax. In fact, the only time that I was more surprised than when I saw that Instagram post was when at that press conference, CM Punk said to me, are you mad at me, Alvarez? And I was caught completely off guard because I thought, why, why would I be mad at you? What am I mad at you about? Well, I'm not mad. But now the idea is, well, you know, now... Brian is not going to be able to say anything negative about FTR, which, by the way, I never did, which is the funny part. I've done nothing but praise FTR. But, now, you know, Brian can't say anything negative about FTR. If he says anything negative about CM Punk, well, now we all know why. Because he doesn't like him. Because he's got heat. That's the game that's being played here. I don't have any problem with CM Punk. Honestly, I'm not even mad at the guy right now. If he asked me right now, are you mad at me? I would say no. I'm confused. I would like for you to be happy. But I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at Dax. I'm not mad at FTR. I'm baffled. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, there is an issue right now. And that issue resulted in CM Punk not being the face of the deal yesterday not being on the graphic not being in the press release and that's the reason why last night the very first collision show it literally says it has every single show where it's going to be and when except for the first show where it says to be announced next week because there's a week to get this thing worked out that's the story and it's true and yes now it's day two of me talking about cm punk Put that on your Instagram. 
So it's uh, Mackenzie interviewing Roxanne Perez and Lila Vacaria, and it's NXT dialogue. Toxic attraction has tried to make my life miserable. And as for for Lila, because she's a bird, right? Everything has to be bird related. Normally, I fly alone, and I'm cringing and groaning and hating this. And thankfully, thankfully, Javier Bernal arrives to save the day. He says his match is next. He plugs his Christmas album, complete with Feliz Javidad, which I didn't catch until later. But eventually, they, ca- they kick him out of this segment. They're sick of him. You know, I uh, am a huge fan of Roxanne, and, and this dialogue is awful, but she's so sweet that she almost makes it work. You know what I'm saying? She has a believability to how she delivers these horrible lines that they give her. I cannot say the same with Lyra Valkyra, whatever her name is. I wish she got a new name, dude. Her <laughs> name sucks for many reasons. It'd be like if they introduced somebody whose name was like Rick Blair. Sort of. Like, you can't do that, dude. Like, we had, on this show, by the way, Taya Valkyrie, and it wasn't that long ago. No. We had a Tyra Valkyrie. Now we got a Lyra Valkyrie, Val- whatever. Valkyria? Va- Lyra Valkyria. Lyra? I think it's Val- Valkyria. Valkyria. It came out of my mouth, Valkyria. Well, it comes out, you got Lyra, so it's, you, you're, you're, your mouth wants to go Lyra Valkyra. That's what you want to say, because that's, that's what it sh- seems like it should be. But it's Lyra Valkyria, I think. God, it sucks. Sweet girl, but I'm sure, I'm sure she's lovely. It's not her fault. I guarantee she didn't pick this name. But she probably did. Well, then somebody should have to sit down with her and come to Jesus moment and say this name sucks. Which is worse, Lyra Valkyria or Big Bill? I can say Lyra, Big Bill. Lyra Valkyria. Yeah, I think Lyra so too. Valkyria. I think that is a worse name. Vic interviews Braun Breaker. It'd be like if they had another tall guy that they debuted in in three months called Big Will. Sort of, actually. After we had a big bill. Yes, we had a big bill. Now we got a big will. Big Willie. Big ass Willie. Big ass. That's a gimmick. Big ass Bill Morrissey. Big ass Willie. So Vic's interviewing Braun Breaker. How is no one stolen that name? Even in porn. <laughs> big ass Willie. <laughs> or, in, or in the blues. Can you imagine that on a poster for your local blues joint? Tonight, Big Ass Willie. Headlining. Anyway. Vic interviews Braun Breaker. I'd go. Where are we? I don't Braun Breaker? He had nothing to say. 34. Escobar. And it's like, Santos looked great. And it was the exact same Austin Theory. He just does the exact same moves. He does the exact same everything. Like, he gets the exact same reactions. There's nothing about him that has gotten any better or any worse. He's just, like, completely stagnant in this role as champion. It has not gotten the title over. Like, nobody cares about this title. So it's time to go with somebody else and see if maybe that can light a fire to the guy. Because he ain't doing it for me right now. There's no way Austin Theory can be moved back down to NXT. I would not move back to NXT, but I mean... You see, here's why. If he disappears for a while, I don't think anybody's going to miss him. 
if he loses that U.S. title, maybe loses a match on the next SmackDown that happens after that, and then he goes and starts to go back down to NXT to do something, even, you know, you can play it up like he's just there for a short time, but, like, something's got to give. When he was on commentary two weeks ago, he added nothing. Like, there is there's no. nothing. There, and not only that, Mike, not only that, he added nothing last week. Well, he came out during the opening match here. They didn't even put him on the fucking headset. They made him sit there and not talk. Can you imagine? Maybe you shouldn't talk for a little while after that one. You know, I think the FCC might uh, t- might take us out a little bit on that one. Maybe you need to calm down a little bit. Did here. I drop an F bomb? Because I can understand that Austin Theory elicits the kind of emotion, and Austin Theory may want to listen to this show Golly. so he can get some emotion. Dang it! What was that, dumb? <laughs> no, you you dropped a Tony Khan style F bomb right there. What? This Austin Theory. No wonder I don't like this guy. You know what? We didn't have Golly, a show Friday, I apologize. We're, we're making up for it by having a Friday show on Monday. It's Austin the it's Theory. the honey. I it's hope the she, honey. I, what was it? Honey it was bourbon? fifty proof. That's that's Jim Beam with honey that you may have taken there. That is not the right bottle, Brian. Y'all darn uh, it! Dang it! Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? You know what that should tell you. I brought more emotion to the listeners mm-hmm. than Austin Theory did. Somebody. Give him the office. Tell him to watch this. Somebody needs to get fired up. We're getting fired up on your behalf. Son, figure something out. They need to figure something out with this guy. Brother really. Dom, make sure you have your finger on that button from now on. I'm doing my best, but I'm not wanna, my normal self. You want to bring it down a little bit? Talk about Orange Cassidy? No, I got more. Shot? I got more. Okay. They did this match. Yeah, I'll go back on Austin Theory. God bless the guy. <clears throat> I got nothing against him except I swore. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. <laughs> now he's going to play Hurt again. This is like Vincent the Chin Gigante, like roaming around the streets of New York in a in a robe when the FBI was looking at him like a beaten old man. Like, why are you coming after me? That's Brian with the FCC right now. No, you know whose uh, fault this is? You know whose fault this is? It's, it's Filthy Tom, well, as usual. Well. Because if I didn't do his show before this show, I wouldn't have been in that mode. He, he pushes my buttons, and he riles me up, and then this happens. Golly. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, it could happen to a lot of better guys that don't have jobs on the radio. You just love watching me suffer. I don't even know why. Oh, yeah. I'm a perfectly friendly, likable, nice guy. Why does, everyone, why does everyone like to see me suffer? To who? I don't who? get it. Who, to who are you a friendly, nice guy to? Everybody. Not to Oreo. You're not a good friend He's not animals. a guy. He's a stupid whale. Mm. And he's a thief. And he's a pirate. Why would I be nice to somebody like that? 33. Let's see. Joe McClelland. Brian, Vinny, Craig, Sean, and Dave Meltzer are all stuck on an island with no way off. Who is the first to be eaten, and who is the last? Brian. <laughs> I'm the first and the last to be eaten? That's pretty no, you're impressive. The, you're the first to be eaten, because we will kill you within hours. Oh, get out of here. You couldn't I catch say, me. I say Dave. You think Dave be eaten first? Mm, he's grisly. Just to uh. get rid of him. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Granny, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the uh, 
What do you call that? The, uh, the gravy train you're killing there. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's the golden goose, Granny. Be nice. The hand that feeds. Don't bite it. I, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I, I, I would be eaten first because I'd take my own life. Of course you would be eaten first. Yes. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, if we could survive till we got off that island. I'm well marbled and there's a lot of me. Yeah. I feed a family of four for a year. I Dan definitely Thompson. like marbling. Yeah. Well, good job, Granny. Excellent job this week. How many more pages of your memoirs you got? I got uh, three more, but I'm going to write some more. Okay, I excellent. Have, I haven't written any for a while. All right. Well, you keep you keep on that. I want to learn more about uh, those 1930s. I see he's ready to tool me off here. <laughs> he Jared. is? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jared has <laughs> hang you up because I'm not home. So, Jared, when it's time, give it the old red five. Granny, good work there. Okay. We'll Bye, tool everybody. you off or whatever oh, you said. So, yes. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean what I said. It was just okay. a joke. It's Tell okay, Granny. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure he knows. I'll we, email him right now. I promise not to eat him. Yes. Does he watch this? No. 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 Not no. a chance. Good. Then I'm not sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. Goodbye. Bye, Bye. Granny. A red fiver, please, oh, Jared. Holy smokes. Jiminy Christmas. Oh, man. Well. Let's call her back. <laughs> I suppose we should do... Uh, and do hey, listen, let's, let's talk about this show. No. So uh, we heard that this show was better. And uh, Craig watched the show first. And uh, I will I will be kind and not read what Craig wrote here. Oh, I don't care. Oh, don't really? Care. All right. Well, this was out of character for Craig. But uh, he wrote, I'm not sure who originally told us that TNA Episode 8 was better than the others, but they are dirty whore liars. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, they are. Dude, well, you know, let me say show. something here. Let me say something here, okay? I watched this show. And there is a segment that we can recap in great detail, if you'd like, where the Dups explained and then kicked off the Dup Cup. Okay? Now, as I mentioned on Observer Live today, we saw the segment where the midget pleasured himself in a trash can. And uh, that's a very, very famous moment. But in watching it, we were all kind of like, that's it? That's the legendary moment? And, of course, a few weeks later, the little fella pulled a gun on Jeff Jarrett. And that was much, much more stupid. But even that, it's like, eh, he pulled a gun on the guy, whatever. We saw Cheeks. You know, we've seen all of these things. We've seen the, the Johnsons, men dressed like dicks. We've seen all of this, okay? And, uh, and a lot of it is, all right, well, you know, that wasn't as bad as I remembered. That's about as bad as I remembered. This fucking Dup Cup thing. Bro, I watched this segment, and I am pretty much convinced. I am pretty much convinced. I have never seen a worse segment in my whole life. Okay? I think that's the worst thing I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And, brother, I've seen a lot. 
I've made a living reviewing horrible shit in wrestling. And I think it's possible the Dup Cup is the worst shit I've ever seen in pro wrestling. And the funny thing is, if you watch the rest of the show, it's not bad. Oh. It's actually not bad. Oh, it's quite horrible. No. But this fucking Dup Cup is so horrible. It's so horrible that this may go down in history as the worst show we've ever seen. I, when this was done, was wondering if this was the worst episode of a wrestling <laughs> program I've ever seen in my life. It's the it, worst. It's dumb. We've watched Bro. eight of these now. This is the worst by Dude. far. Okay, the finish of the main event was stupid, but the wrestling was good, okay? Jeff Jarrett and uh, uh, who do you wrestle? I can't remember. Oh, what a great it, match. It was fine. Ken Shamrock and Truth... Our main man, Truth, won the NWA World Heavyweight title. I mean, I've seen way worse shows top to bottom, but I've never seen a show with something as horrible as the Dub Cup. Let's start at the beginning. Let's just begin. We won't finish if we don't start. We wasted precious hours of our lives watching NWA TNA 8, August 7th. We've all aged dramatically in the last eight weeks. When this show was over, sometimes I watched Terrible Shows and I'm angry. This show was over and I was mostly just sad. And it wasn't sad because, like, there's a lot of people who have since passed on or uh, I knew there was an impending doom or someone was about to suffer an injury. No, I was sad because it was just a, such a terrible show. We've reached the end of the world. You know what's amazing about this is the depths come out and they've got a chalkboard. And it's covered with a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And they explain that they are going to do the first ever Dup Cup. And they explain, and, and uh, Disco Inferno, by the way, is out there. And he's interviewing them. And, uh, and the Dups say, these are the rules of the Dup Cup. And they pull the big piece of paper off the chalkboard. And there's 5,000 words on the chalkboard. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of funny. It's ridiculous. Like, there's no way there's that many rules. I was wrong. These were the rules of the Dup Cup. You wrote them down? Please don't recite them. I, I did not write them down. Oh, thank God. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, these 5,000 words, because we always make fun of in World Champion. Actually, it was, I think it might have been in TNA, where, uh, you know, they're going to have, like, the Hard 10 Tournament. And then Mike Tanay goes, here's the rules. It's really quite simple. And then there's two fucking screens worth of complex rules for this fucking tournament. I was thinking about that when he when he lifted the chalkboard. I'm like, this has to be a gag. Like, there's 50,000 rules. Nope. They start going over every single one of the rules. Here's how you get points. You must get 10 points to win. You get uh, three points for hitting some dude with a chair. You get... Um, Two and a half for hitting Borash. Yeah, yeah, you get some points for hitting Borash. If you hit the lady at the ticket counter, you get X number of points. And then one of them is like, you get five points if you goose, or it was like three points if you goose a lady, five points if you goose a man. And it's like, why well, you fucking just goose somebody twice? You win. Like, I, it, it wasn't even, I can't believe I'm breaking down the rules. It wasn't even like, you get one goose. That's it. Like, after you've used your goose, you don't get another one. They're just like, fuck, I could go goose a guy twice in two seconds and win the fucking Dup Cup. These idiots. Anyway, <clears throat> they're going over all these fucking rules. I'm dying. 
it's going on and on and on. And some of these rules, like, I'm not even on this show, could have, would I possibly ever say the words they had for these rules? And it's just, oh, God. Continue, Vinny. I'm, I'm there, done. There, okay, I hate to interrupt. Somebody. So there was a rule that actually played into the finish of the match. Oh, who cares? No, I have to hear this. Uh, there okay. was a match? <laughs> if you spank a man's bare bottom, you get... His ass. You get three points. Okay. If he likes it, you get minus two points. Huh. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, baby. They're going over this shit. It's taking fucking forever. I went hours. No. Hours. <laughs> it's, there's absolutely no redeeming quality. The, the, the only question is, is, is the joke they're going to tell going to be merely unfunny or is it going to be unfunny and terribly offensive? We had <laughs> we had ableist slurs. We had nonstop toilet humor, just going on and on and on. You we know had, the actual worst part was actually that's a very good question. There's so much to choose from. When when they would read off some of this shit and the crowd would pop. Well, there's that. I was like, oh my god, you people are cheering for these fucking rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had misogyny. We had a lot of that, of course. Uh, we had a lot of stupidity. I have decided. I, mean, I, was, I was leaning this way anyway, but this is pretty over the top. The Dups is the worst gimmick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well. like, if I, the, the point of a gimmick is to get talent more over. Mm-hmm. This is the worst. Because as we've noted, Stand Up went on to have a long successful career. Bowed Up had a lot of talent. This gimmick makes me want to never, ever see them again, ever, one time, ever, as long as I live, ever. Since people are throwing out their evers and evers, Stopped and thought about this. This was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in pro wrestling. This wasn't shtick. This wasn't an attempt at humor. Actually, it was. It was. Okay, okay, it was an attempt at humor, but it was not funny at all. It wasn't campy. This. We had Miz being attacked by zombies in a match. We had uh, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville in nothing but a. But pranks. This was downright stupid. Yeah. I felt dumber after watching it. You were. We were. We all were. But, like, people, when they, when they recap, like, the, the horror show of the early days of TNA, they remember the midget masturbating in a trash can, and they remember uh, the Johnsons, two men dressed mm-hmm. as penises. And by, sure. by the time the segment was done, I was begging for the Johnsons to come back. I've never wanted to see two dicks so bad in my life. Just anything yeah. better than this. I see him come back, huh? Yes, please, okay. please. Standing tall. Uh-huh. Uh, so eventually, uh, they don't have an opponent. So if anyone was willing to, to to challenge them, they offer a night with their cousin Fluff, who conveniently is not even there. Who hasn't been around for weeks? Was yeah. she f- fired? Well, I would imagine she, probably, she quit. She probably run off. Yeah, yeah. So upon uh, the, hearing the chance he may get to touch a woman, Ed Ferreira takes the match, immediately punches Jeremy Borash and gooses Don West to get a bunch of points, and it's Ed Ferreira wrestling the dups for like six minutes. First of all, I want to... Dude, I, God damn, fuck me, brother. Like, as shitty as that rules segment was, it was like, 
you know, maybe if they would have done that rules segment and then had a decent match, I might somewhat forgive this segment. But this fucking match with Ed Ferrara was the shittiest fucking match. I mean, this guy can't do anything. Like, he can't throw a punch. He can barely bump. He, I mean, fuck me, dude. This was so horrible. And it just went on and on. So, we had a bunch of violent chair shots right to the head. We had people getting hit with boots and bottles and canes and blow-up dolls. Uh, oh, yeah, the blow-up doll. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was a blow-up doll used as a weapon in this match. It was one of the dup rules. So, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but you get points in this match for punching Sarah the Ticket Lady. Yeah, this is like, the only redeeming thing in this entire like match. Granny's age. Very true. So, Bo goes to beat up Sarah the Ticket Lady, but she hits a broom and fights him off. Beats the shit out of him with this broom. Yeah. So, Paulina from Tough Enough is out there. And she's mad at stand-up for Christ knows why. I don't fucking know. And, I don't either. And the, the the chalkboard, like, spins. Why is she mad at this guy? I don't fucking know. So the chalkboard spins, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So you flip it over. And sure. I'm quite certain the idea was that they'll spin this chalkboard into stand-up's head and it will break. But it was way too flimsy and she could not spin it hard enough no matter how hard she tried. Not only that, she didn't even do it very hard. She just kind of goes... Uh, and it kind of sort of hits him. She was she was trained, by the way. She was in tough enough. Like Hugh Morris tried to make her a wrestler, but she kind of goes like this, and it, and then even Disco Inferno's like, "Do it again! Hit him harder!" And she tries it a second time, and it's still lame. I'm like, is there anything in this match that's even going to be mildly redeemable? And the answer was no. There was not. So uh, Craig alluded to the spot where uh, Ed was spanking. Uh, bowed up with with we should note here the the riding what do you call that thing a hobby horse yeah horsey poo. oh yeah the, the, horsey the hobby horse he's yeah. spanking bowed up with horsey poo but in fact Bo likes it so it loses points right and eventually Bo chokes lambs ed through a table and wins uh somehow like i, I this felt like the worst five hours of my life <laughs> somehow it was only 16 minutes start to finish from from the point where disco came out to talk to the point where the match impossible ended. <laughs> That's impossible. Easily. Easily the worst segment I've seen on a wrestling show all year. Oh. I I've I've gotta stop watching this in general pop downstairs. I've <laughs> Dude. You get get, on your get phone yourself in solitary, and go bro. Outside with a pair of earbuds. Jesus Christ. Punch a guard, like, get thrown in solitary, fuck. then watch the show. The the missus walks in, the boy walks in when the the woman's Stop. half dressed. It's it's I just want to see my family after a hard day's work. I really don't want to do this, Brian. My wife absolutely hates you. <laughs> Every That's Monday. Very nice. That's she, I didn't she, I didn't write this show. She said God. Every Monday when I sit down my fault. Go, I hate Brian. I go, I do too. And we have you, a little You're a horrible person. You should be sticking up for me. Throw someone else under the bus like Ed Ferrara and Vince McMahon and fucking Disco Inferno. Jesus. Disco Inferno, the same guy that doesn't understand Minoru Suzuki matches. Yeah. Out here for the fucking Dup Cup. Jesus Christ. This, you know what? I don't want to make you guys suffer more. But. But. I think that next week somebody needs to get me a copy 
of the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the Bushwhackers. <laughs> because that, that was, I believe, the worst match I ever saw in my whole lifetime. And we need yeah. to go back and watch it because no. I'm pretty fucking sure that the Dup Cup was probably miles, no. miles worth worse no, than that match. I, 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 the actual point where the, the guys were in the ring doing stuff, as horrible as it was, was not as horrible as the promo part. And in fact, I don't think it was even the worst match on this here wrestling show. Well, I guess we did have the evening gown match. You had that fucking Fuck me. evening gown match. But at least That's that when the was boy like quick okay. and it was over with. Well, he was probably delighted. Why? He, he averted his eyes because he's a good kid. God. All right. Anybody else have anything to say about this fucking Dup Cup? It was After fucking horrible. Seat. It was a pile of trash. It sucked. I hated it. It was horrible. And it's not my fault! After seeing this, I was interested in what Brian Alvarez from 2002 oh, said about this oh, match. Oh, no. Not the worst match of all time. ha but fucking horrible nonetheless. It also went on so long that I wanted to send in demand a bill. I should have. You couldn't have gotten the money because I was the one paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to mention like how low rent. Craig paid for this twice. This fucking God. show was that uh, when they. Your wife is allowed back, to hate me for that one. <laughs> to, when they go to the back to see uh, Sarah, the ticket lady. That, you know, they could have put up some signs like, sold out, like, no more tickets, no, or whatever. No. But no, there were signs up for uh, two-for-one vouchers. Fuck! <laughs> God! <laughs> show, finds, show finds new and inventive ways to suck. Yeah. God. 